I always tried to be some kind of a web-free developer or do blockchain projects, but until the NFT hype in 2021, I personally didn't manage it so because I think way less companies were into web-free back then. Welcome to the Never Employed Chat. My name is Sam and I interview people who make a living beyond salary jobs. Entrepreneurs, business owners and investors, so that we can learn from their stories together. There are many great ways to make a living and even more ways to wealth. At Never Employed, we encourage you to think of alternatives to employment jobs. What would you do if a salary job was simply no option? Thanks for having me, Sam. It's uh, nice to be here on your podcast uh, and uh, share my insights about how, how to be a freelancer and how to make uh, web-free projects. Um, and to finally answer your question, um, yes, it's uh, about, I think for me, the, the, the best way is about being a personal brand. So I've uh, yeah, recognized LinkedIn as a main social media platform for me for uh, building a personal brand. And that's uh, obviously um, targeting to make business, of course. And so I try to be a personal brand somehow to get uh, attention on social media, to get some uh, interesting uh, conversations with potential clients. And as you know, at one leads to another, uh, I get also projects out of there. So for me, um, this is a number one uh, sales channel, so to say, to be present on a social media platform, to build a personal brand, to get projects and to finally make business. Yeah. And as you said, I'm developing web free projects, um, but also blockchain projects, but also web two or 2.5 projects. So it's not everything web free only. Um, and yeah, it's a lot about um, discussing with the client what, what the needs are. So basically communication and understanding what the client wants uh, or has in his head um, is one of the crucial parts because what the client has in his head and what he says and what I understand and what I get in my head are completely different things uh, at each of this interception. And so this is a crucial part to really be able to talk with the client, to ask good questions, to understand what he wants, what he expects, what he imagines, and uh, finally build something for, for this. Yeah. Yeah, I see that uh, communication plays a very crucial role and uh, yeah, consulting in general, right? So right, yeah. how, how does such a typical project or is, is there even a typical project in, in your industry and how, how does it look like? Yes, uh, I personally like the projects most, which are so to say green fields. So um, where the client maybe has an idea um, and, and expectation, of course, and a target, uh, but is completely open for discussion to for the company who, which to work with, um, for the exact way to go. So. Um, I don't like the projects where they, for example, have already 50 employees and 50 uh, and 50 another uh, external uh, freelancers to work on, and where I am as a as a as a freelancer, so to say, are only one of 50. Uh, so it's not very makes me personally not much fun to be uh, one of a kind. So uh, I like to be uh, yeah to to bring in my own ideas to build a project and product from scratch to choose the right framework, technology, tool stack, you name it. So um, this is what I like most. And you can also some kind of um, educate your client. As you just mentioned, it's a lot about consulting and discussing and understanding and talking. And so um, when not everything is fully clear, uh, it makes me personally a lot of fun to figure that out together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, you already mentioned that you um, yeah work from from scratch or that you like to to work from scratch. So um, I saw that you mostly develop or maybe not mostly, but that uh, you also develop MVPs, uh, especially for startups and uh, companies like that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like um, personally, I'm from from my uh, characteristics. I like fast and uh, good results and I don't. So I'm more on the when you come when you take the 80 20 rule, I'm more on the 20% effort and 80% result side than rather on the other side. So I'm, I'm not having a lot of fun when spending, I don't know, 80% of efforts when only seeing 20% of the results. So I'm more on the, on the first rapid ramp up side. And this makes me fun. And therefore also the MVP development and proof of concept development makes perfect sense because we can make very, very good progress with a very short time. And figure later out or figure out if the project and the product idea is suitable for the clients. And if it is, and then we can hand over to maybe another team and also employees that I have now that are maybe doing then the, uh, the finishing, so to say, in terms of design. So personally, I'm not a very design affine uh, person. I don't like uh, when you see my user interfaces, yeah, it's uh, you will run away because they are simply buttons uh, one beneath the other to just try <laughs> functionality. I don't have any design uh, yeah, uh, skills. So uh, and therefore I like this uh, prototyping um, uh, approach. Yeah, so it doesn't mean that a prototype doesn't have to look nice, but uh, we can figure out the functionality very, very fast and pretty soon. And so then the finishing um i will hand over to people in my team <laughs> yeah so yeah you mentioned that you um meanwhile have uh, employees or a team with whom you work um so what what are the different uh, tasks within uh, such a project and within your team so it sounds like you uh, mostly start uh, with a project and then hand it over to other team members later Mm, yes. Um, so yeah, since two months uh, or something, I think two months, I have uh, two people in my company. Um, before that, I was a single person company and then I refounded to a limited corporation. So I, I did a lot of uh, progress this uh, year, I think. And uh, yes, I, I like to, uh, of course, do the, do the project acquisition. So I like to talk to customers, as I mentioned before, like being a personal brand and getting traction and getting new projects. Then I also do the requirements engineering together with the client to really know what we, we do. Then I, so personally, my role is also to, as you said, ramp up project pretty fast and uh, help my team basically to help the client. <laughs> so I like to uh, yeah be a supporter. I see, also I, see my, I don't see my, myself as a boss or something like this uh, towards my employees. I see, I see, each of us on the eye level, I like to support them and uh, provide them with everything they need uh, in order to be happy and have fun and working for the client projects because I think this make the best results in the end. And so I see myself more like a supporter. And yeah, as you said, I'd like to ramp it up and then hand it over and help my people to yeah, finish it or yeah, bring, bring it to a, to a good point. Mm -hmm. So this tells me that you are not this uh, like a stereotypical engineer or a computer scientist uh, who, who just wants to uh, build things, but that you um, also like to be, yeah, as we already uh, talked about, be in touch with um, customers and clients and to 
uh, really consult and do also do these management tasks, uh, not only the development itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I see myself more uh, in the middle of being a developer. Also, I've, uh, how should I say? I am a developer, of course, because I also studied computer science. So I have this all this background. But uh, as you mentioned, I also like to talk to people um, and that I like very much, to be honest. And yeah, also love to do sales some kind of because uh, I know when I do a sale, it's uh, ending up in my company and in my wallet in the end. So I love this task as well. Um, yeah, and I think as a yeah as a freelancer or basically as a as a agency owner or i don't really know how i would how i should call myself uh, but i think some kind of a web free dev agency or something but i think you need to have some kind of a mixed uh, personality or mixed roles because only doing development um yeah it's fine but you won't get any jobs when you won't so when you don't get out, get out and uh, say that you are here so um it's all about doing yeah sales doing uh, marketing doing personal brand building doing development doing accounting and all the stuff so all combined in one role and uh the, the more you grow i think um and, and at least this is what i experience now the more you grow the more you can also hand out roles to other persons so Maybe with the two of uh, two people supporting me in my company, maybe I am a little bit of a less developer and doing more of a yeah leader role, or I don't know really, but uh, but definitely I will do sales uh, because um, it's I think it's me representing my company at best, so I think nobody else can do it, uh, saying that I can do. Um, but yeah, so it's about as you said, uh, you need to be some kind of a uh, multi-role person <laughs> or uh, yeah and, and jack of all trades yeah <laughs> okay uh, so you, you already started to, to talk about your background um, maybe do, do you want to tell a little bit more about your background and how you actually got started with all this uh, web3 and development mm -hmm. in general Sure, I would love to do so. Uh, and I hope I don't borrow any uh, listeners or, or viewers because uh, I don't know where to start, but I will start at finishing my school. I had a technical school um, in Austria. So I don't know if I, if I told this or you uh, said I'm from Austria um, and I did a technical school. Then I was employed as a key account manager, basically in a semiconductor business. So I was six years in sales. Um, then I recognized that I want to do engineering as well. And I uh, generally was a little bit unhappy with my job. Um, my job didn't really uh, yeah, took over my full uh, mental capacity. So I had a lot of time to think about other projects. And I also tried a startup uh, uh, in 2012, which failed in 2013 or something. And then I yeah, started to rethink about my future. And uh, as I said, uh, the, the willing to do also engineering grew and so I started to uh, study computer science at Vienna University of Technology. It was 2014. I quit my job so I was a full-time student for two years. And then I started to be a uh, part-time uh, software engineer in several companies along the studies. Uh, I finished the bachelor degree in 2017 and started Yes, is it true? Yeah, 17. And also started the master studies right after this uh, and finished 2020. In 2017, um, so in the last uh, 
last course or something, I learned about blockchain also from a technology perspective. So of course, before that, we heard about it from a financial perspective. So with uh, increasing prices and decreasing prices. But as a student, you know, I didn't have a lot of money to invest. And so uh, I watched on the sidelines. Um, but 2017, I digged into it uh, from a technolo technology perspective. And I was totally hooked by this uh, amazing, yeah, it's uh, amazing combination um, of several concepts that wasn't new, but uh, the combination of it uh, made it very unique. So it was uh, totally fascinated. And yeah, since then I learned everything I could. So I took every course on university. I wrote my master and bachelor thesis in this topic and tried to be as much involved as I could. Um, and then it was 2020, Corona came around the corner, uh, COVID-19 um, and yeah, I actually I was about to starting as a consultant, uh, consultancy and employee at a very big consultancy firm in Austria as a blockchain consultant. So it was, uh, yeah, I was quite excited about this. But then Corona, uh, COVID-19 came around the corner and delayed my onboarding for a month, another month, another month and, and so on. So it was then May or April or something, May or June, basically. Uh, and this delaying also uh, made me think about the reason why I also started to be uh, uh, yeah to, to, to learn engineering uh, because I want to build something and uh, this consultancy was not the right way I was just blinded by this blockchain uh, possibility to work with blockchain finally uh, but then I started to rethink about it and finally cancelled this onboarding at this consultancy firm and started to be a freelancer. And since then, I yeah, developed uh, several client applications. I always tried to be some kind of a web-free developer or do blockchain projects. But until the NFT hype in 2021, I personally didn't manage it because I think way less companies were into web-free back then as it is now. And I think those companies who were in web-free, they went to all. So they were bigger companies, I think, and they also went to other bigger companies to implement things. It was not, or personally, I as a freelancer, as a single person company, uh, couldn't manage it to get some blockchain projects. But, and I'm uh, finished in a few sentences, uh, but with this big NFT hype from, from last summer or something, um, I think this totally changed the game. So basically, at least in my bubble somehow, uh, Everybody is into Web3. Every company wants to somehow explore Web3 and understand Web3 and what, uh, try to understand what, what they can do with it. And so, and uh, this was a game changer somehow. And therefore, I tried also to position myself better as a NFT or blockchain or Web3 developer, whatever you term you use. But uh, currently, NFT is uh, yeah, a selling best, I think. <laughs> and um, yeah, so position myself, try to be a personal brand since this. Uh, spring and yeah doing now more and more web free and blockchain and nft projects so I, I use these terms always some kind of interchangeably because um yeah it's whatever person you met it's uh, everybody understands a little bit of a different thing about it so yeah long story short um yeah i'm now a freelancer doing or basically business owner doing client projects in web 3 and also web 2.5 or 2.25 or something yeah <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that, that's cool. Thank you for uh, giving this this summary and this overview. And during this summary, you also mentioned that 
there are obviously ups and downs in uh, prices, and especially if you uh, look at cryptocurrencies and all this stuff. Um, I wonder if this affects your your work and the the amount of projects on which you work. Uh, do do you um, yeah feel that uh, in times of uh, high prices, crypto prices or popular uh, periods, you have more clients and uh, less in other periods or how is that? Yes, I think this correlates. Um, of, of course, when the prices are high and everybody is super euphoric, um, also a lot of people come into this field that, so how should I say, that don't want to ma really make serious business. They want to get rich quick. And mm -hmm. these kind of people are uh, obviously now gone. So they are not here anymore. So the quality, when you um, divide the numbers, the quality of leads or projects that are out there are way better, I think. But the amount is lower, of course, because um, as I said, um, getting rich quick, uh, people are gone. And the others are here and they are building. So this is one side of the story. But to be honest, I, say, I also experienced a little bit of a yeah, uh, tougher time since, I don't know, a few weeks. Um, and I'm not sure if this has to do with the FTX problem, um, but I don't know. So it's, it's now getting a little bit more tough um, because before that, a lot of people were still in this, uh, in this uh, market. They want to build, but they also had some kind of a waiting um, position. So they always said, okay, we are super interested. We have a, a serious budget and a, a problem to solve and we want to do this. But somehow they waited. So I got a little bit less projects. Uh, not, not, it was not a problem, but uh, I, meant, so I experienced that it's a little bit less. And now I think the... The, the waiting position is a little bit even more, um, what's the English word for this? Um, a little bit more tight, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, the screws are tightened up, so everything is waiting more and more and uh, people are uncertain and um, the future is not so clear, at least for many people. So yeah, I think tough times, but still not a problem on, on my side. I have projects to build on, to work with. I have a lot of uh, good leads and opportunities in my pipeline. Uh, but I also experienced that I need to do a little bit of more, yeah, the sales cycles are longer. So we have to talk more and, um, yeah, convenience the client that, uh, we can do the job and that's uh, a good idea to do it now and not to wait until the summer is again here in the crypto world. So, because then everybody wants to build again and then, um, yeah, so yeah, it's a trade-off I think, or it has two, two, two sides now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you also mentioned the um, these get rich quick people, and obviously you as a consultant don't want to work with people who, uh, yeah, want to don't really want to pay you or first make money and then pay you or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean for many people, um, these terms like blockchain, web three, and so on um, may sound yeah or maybe very related to people making quick money, you, you hear a lot about um, blockchain and NFT projects, which make huge profits. And how realistic is that actually, or how valuable is um, something like that from, from your point of view? Do you mean to make uh, a lot of money pretty fast with an NFT project, for example, or 
Yeah, I, I think especially on mm -hmm. social media platforms like YouTube, you see many, many people talking about these things, projects, uh, opportunities to make profit in some way. I wonder how realistic is that mm -hmm. and how much value is in such projects compared to what you are actually working on? What differentiates the projects on which you work compared to and those get-rich-quick NFT projects or so. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got your question. Uh, so finally, it's pretty hard. And why do I know this? I know this because uh, I tried to do it on my own. So last, um, it was last November, last year, uh, I tried to launch an NFT project together with a colleague of mine from the studies time. And because we simply saw so many people are getting rich, obviously, or this is what we saw on social media. And we, we thought about, okay, we, we are two developers, we can do the same. So let's do an NFT contract with a little bit of gamification features so that we are some kind of unique compared to most of the others back then. Uh, and simply make it, uh, build it, launch it, and uh, finally shout it out on Twitter and we get sold out in a few days. So. This won't be a big deal, we thought. But um, we, as you can uh, imagine, we are two developers having no um, real marketing skills and brand building and social uh, social, yeah, storytelling and all those stuff. So um, we didn't sell much. So I think 50 or something, but uh, there were also some kind of giveaways from our side. So um, simply launching an NFT project and getting rich quick doesn't work. And didn't work for us at least uh, also 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 not last year so i think this uh, also won't work these days um you have to provide real uh, utility and this utility is also some kind of hard to figure out because uh, simply getting an entry ticket for uh, for some i don't know events or getting some merch or something yeah is maybe cool but doesn't really uh, excite people these days. This was also maybe working six or nine months ago, uh, but now this is also hard. So you have to really figure out what what you can contribute to the to the world or to to your environment. Um, this is uh, the main question. So what problem do you solve with making use of Web3 and NFT or blockchain or whatever term you use um, or whatever technology you use in the end? Uh, but so the core question is always which problem do you solve and for whom? And those people and also to be honest uh, we last year didn't really ask us this question so we just thought uh, yeah launching an nft project and uh, making some money would be cool um, <laughs> of course it would be cool but it didn't work so yeah this is um, it's, a, it's a hard question so I, I for example and this leads us maybe to uh, to the second part of your question uh, i for example work uh, now with a startup from france that are trying to build a financial education platform uh, where nft is some kind of a crowdfunding instrument but also an entry ticket for this platform so some kind of a token gated um yeah environment you can uh, you can uh, you can call it like this. And another project, for example, I'm working on also on the long term is a, a project called Ethereum. Uh, they are from Sydney, Australia. Uh, they are working on, or we are working on bringing Web2 data to the Web3 world. So like some kind of like, uh, imagine you have a heart rate monitor or something or sports uh, tracking system, and you generate a lot of data. And the question now is uh, how you can also benefit from, from this data. And they want to also make, make this, this data usable, so to say, in a metaverse. So they are also working on a lot of research questions uh, together with me. And uh, we try to figure out how we can some kind of transport this Web2 data we generate or also data from the real world into a digital uh, 
yeah, virtual world, uh, some kind of a metaverse or something, and make you as a user who generates this data also uh, benefits out of it. So this is a kind of a project and long-term project. And yeah, I'm working on it at the moment. Yeah, this sounds uh, quite exciting, actually, and uh, more, <laughs> some more sophisticated than uh, just creating uh, like art or something like that. Would you say that there are really use cases for blockchain? And to which extent are there mm -hmm. yeah, use cases compared to Web2 technology? Mm. Yes, that's a pretty good question. And um, this is also what I was thinking of uh, about it uh, the last month. So why did blockchain, uh, it exists now since 10 years or something, or 12 years or 14 years, uh, why did blockchain not really had this really killer application now? So maybe it's a kind of, so with Bitcoin, maybe you have a store of value or something. Um, you can execute decentralized code with Ethereum or something, but um, I don't know about you, but I think the real, real killer application is at least in maybe Central Europe, uh, not yet here. So we have a lot of exploration and trying out and figure out, but web free and blockchain makes some kind of uh, many things better, of course, because of um, yeah, giving away or taking over ownership. This is good, uh, but it makes it also better, uh, um, not better, I want to say. And this is also some kind of uh, uh, speed and, and scalability. So you know transactions are slow and it costs a lot of money, maybe on Ethereum, for example, and this is the downside. And people want, I think some kind of, the people want to uh, have the best of both worlds without um, having the downsides that uh, this, this technology also brings. And this is uh, one problem, I think. And I don't know, but blockchain in general is a technology for an environment where trust isn't giving, uh, isn't given. So it's a for trustless environments, and I'm not really sure we have a some kind of a trustworthy environment here, right? Because I trust my bank because I have my money there somehow. Um, I trust the government because otherwise I wouldn't maybe live in Austria. So. Maybe maybe not to 100%, you know, but um, maybe to good enough um, levels so that blockchain isn't really needed um, here for most of the applications. And that is this is maybe some kind of a problem that people want to, with uh, with a lot of effort, bring blockchain into use cases that are working good enough without blockchain. So I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't, this doesn't mean that I don't love this uh, technology. I love blockchains, of course, but um, I think it's a tool and you have to make use of this tool for the right situations and not for every situation. And this is what I a lot of times see that people want to use blockchain just for the sake of using blockchain. So, um, yeah, and also, and then I'm finished in a few words, I also think that the government has to play together with this technology so we cannot exclude it completely i think or at least some kind of a central authority because when you think of um having a, a flat uh, like i'm sitting here with uh, i don't know 30 square meters and you could you could uh, tokenize it so making maybe 30 nfts out of it and and this is cool because you can now trade the nfts with very low fees when you compare it to notary services or something and you can also split it up amongst different people and you get the earnings and you split the earnings and this is all cool but i think you need some kind of a central authority or the government who um says that this flat is now 30 nfts because then i make a contract and tomorrow I make another contract and i make another and we have 
duplicated and uh, tripled the asset. And this is not what, what should happen. So there must be some kind of central authority in this scenario as well. And I think many, many use cases are demanding some kind of this um, yeah, central authority to bring some kind of physical assets into this digital world. I think this transition is what it, what it demands to have a central authority still, you know? Okay, so in general, this sounds like we, we just need way, way more people to work on some kind of uh, web-free and block, uh, blockchain uh, apps and solutions so that uh, we step-by-step step figure out more use cases. Yes, somehow, yes, I think. But we don't have to, or I think it's wrong to think that we can come to a web-free world without having any central authorities. So this mm -hmm. is, I think they are still part of the game, even if we don't like it. So as I said, <laughs> to bring the flat into the uh, blockchain, yeah, who who has, uh, who has says that it's, that's uh, or who prevents me from doing it twice when it's my flat, you know? So um, I think this is some kind of, you won't get really rid of some kind of centrality. Maybe it's less, of course, because yeah, you know? Okay, so do, do you have some suggestions how um, we as a, a, yeah, like as humans or a, as a society should deal with that? What, what should be some next steps? How can people participate in web-free blockchain or, uh, yeah, help to develop that further? Mm. Yeah, good question. I think one of the key uh key steps for bringing this technology further is uh, that people are interested. Of course, this is a, yeah, a basic uh, need when, when you learn something new, uh, but you also have to, I think for at least for blockchain technology, you have to really be your own bank. So this technology empowers us to do so. And when I see so much people that are, don't have an own wallet, for example, and are uh, relying on uh, exchanges to be not uh, fraud, like we saw recently, uh, then what helps this? So, you know, which, which problem does this technology then solve when we still don't make use of own responsibility when we have now the, the possibilities to do so? Uh, because we are still too... I don't know, too lazy or to have too much fear to mess things up or I don't know. So I'm a little bit struggling with finding the right words, but um, this technology brings us a lot of power. And as many times we see that people don't really make use of it and are then saying, oh, blockchain doesn't solve any problem. Yeah, of course, if you don't make use of your own responsibility then you gave the responsibilities to somebody else and then it's the same as before you know um so i wish that people are really are some kind of curious to learn how this all works and of course they math things up so but don't maybe they don't need to bring all bring in all the assets they have so maybe i don't know invest ten dollars in bitcoin and set up an own wallet and if you lose your keys okay you learn something and you lost ten ten dollar but you can then move on and um you know so i think a lot of people want to skip this part and simply let the funds on their asset uh, on the exchanges and then they are crying when uh, somebody uh, runs away with it yeah i think that that's uh, very very nice closing words actually 
then uh, yeah, how may people or where may people find you and how uh, can people eventually support you? So basically I'm everywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm of course in Austria, you can find me in, in Austria and on the online world, you can find me most likely on LinkedIn because I, as I, as I said at the beginning, I uh, play this game for being a personal brand. I'm also on Twitter and I have all the other uh, messenger and email uh, things set up. So the best link to reach all the other uh, links is my link three link and it's a link three slash Piho, so for Peter Holzer, so the first two letters of my first and my last name, uh, so P-E-H-O, and uh, there is everything else linked, so my personal websites, my company website, my, yeah, you, you know, all the other links. And yeah, you can reach out at any time, so if, if there is any listener who has any question um, concerning web free, blockchain, NFT, being a freelancer, um making sales make trying to be a personal brand and all those other uh, topics we talked about uh, then just reach out and i'm happy to answer it cool then uh, thank you for providing that help and uh, giving insights to your work many thanks also to you sam for having me it was a lot of fun talking to you have a nice day thank you for taking part in this never employed chat Subscribe to my YouTube channel for more interviews with business owners and investors. Or simply listen to the audio version in your favorite podcast directory. Make sure to follow me on all your preferred social media platforms, so that you never miss life-changing business tips. you find me on every platform with the account name samhartman.com. Start a business, become successful, and tell me about it. See you next time.